0: Good evening. How are you? We are right now studying the last installment of Rabbi Chaim David Halevi's introduction to his book Mekol Chaim, which I'm using as an introduction to Agadat as a whole. Do all you have the PDF in front of you? I attached it to the Zoom document, uh, to the Zoom invitation that went out as a document. So. If you go to the Google Classroom, you either find it under Classwork, or you're going to find it under the Zoom invitation. There should be at the bottom of the Zoom invitation a uh, attachment. And then in that attachment, there should be a PDF file of Rabbi Chaim David HaLevi. For those of you who would love to turn on your cameras, I would love to see your face. Rabbi Chaim David HaLevi writes the following. On page 16, so you want to look on the top right of the page, There'll be a number 16. This first paragraph is not going to be new for you. We've discussed this before. Harab Uziel made mention of this before and it's important for us to remember it and that's why Rabbi Chaim Devin Hadavi is mentioning it to his readers for the first time. Bidvar El HaMidrash Regarding the general attitude, the overall attitude of our Chachamim towards Midrash and nagadah, Rabu HaDeot there are numerous opinions in this matter. I think that's the best way to say it. When someone asks, how do you feel about Midrash and Agadah? Well, you can answer how you feel, but how do Chachmei Yisrael view Midrash and Agadah? Well, it depends who. It depends who, and there are numerous opinions that are not able to be harmonized with each other. Hayu ben Chachmei Yisrael, there were some among the sages of Israel. hadrush k'davar sheno some sages of Israel viewed the whole concept of drush as something that is not uh, of substance. or Let's say it's of substance, but it's not fundamental. And among the giants of the uh, geonim and the rishonim, you find the same itlaptut, the same hesitation, the same deliberation surrounding Agadah. If you remember Rav Shrer Agon, Rav Haigaon that we mentioned already in Rav Uziel who talk about Agadot that fit in with the Halakhot that we have in the Talmud and then Agadot that are simply not. They're not they are not they don't make sense. They're not part of uh, something that we have to take seriously. Uvadai שאין ללמוד מאומה מדברי Agadah לניין פסיקת halakha <laughs> and how much more so that we know regardless of how you treat Agada, that most certainly you are unable to use Agada when it comes to ruling Halachot. Ki it's known, she'en morin Halacha min ha'agadot. Talmud Yerushalmi, Maser Chagiga says, we do not rule Halakha from Agada. Before we get any farther, I want you to know that As much as you may have heard this already and this sounds normal to you and this sounds like what we've seen other gedolim, geonim, rishonim, hachaonim write, this is most definitely not the standard accepted norm in what we would like to call the Orthodox Jewish community today. If anything, midrash and agadot are the ikar. There's nothing else. Halakha is gone, certainly. Uh, Any sense of logic or rational thought is gone, obviously. Uh, Anything that has to do with actual tradition is gone. So what's left is really a lot of Midrashim. It's really all of the Judaism that exists is Midrashim, Midrashim, Midrashim. When I was once sitting at someone's Shabbat table, I won't mention who they were. And they mentioned something like, okay, fine, that's a Midrash. What do you want from me? It's just a Midrash. They looked at me when I said the words, it's just a Midrash. They looked at me like, I, "Like, how dare you speak such blasphemy It's just a Midrash. All the Midrashim, even uh, though I'm a it can't be, but it can't be that all the Midrashim and all... If you, if you... I own a beautiful set on the Chumash. It's called Otzar HaMidrashim on the Chumash. It's a fascinating thing. I actually own it. Aside from it, it's an enjoyable thing to look through and learn the Midrashai Chazal. It's a nice way to look at how many Midrashim surround one word or one sentence of Chachmisa. So you have a Torah. Uh, the greatest example there that I can think of, uh, somebody wants to reach out to me, it's such a terrible Torah that we have that in that story of uh, Chayyah Sarah. So Sarah Imenu dies because the Satan came to Abraham, from Avram Avinu, I don't know, told her that her son is going to die. That he's being killed by his father, and her soul left her body. And I looked and said, Why do you believe that that's my Torah? I mean, where? Why? Who? So if I'm not mistaken, Rashi over there mentions this midrash. But I showed her there are 13 Midrashim on that pasuk, And those 13 Midrashim, at least 11 of them, contradict exactly that pirush. There are numerous Midrashim that disagree with why Sarai Manu died in this parasha. To the contrary, some say uh, the, uh, the whole understanding of choosing one Midrash, if you want to believe in Midrashim, don't just pick and choose which one you're going to believe in you can't decide that your one Midrash that you chose is more valid than another Midrash and don't accuse those of us who don't accept your one Midrash as being against Midrashim entirely of course we believe in Midrashim midrashim, but in context in context at the very least if not of other commentaries of Pshat, allow us to learn Midrashim in the context of other Midrashim just because you know one Midrash doesn't mean there don't exist 20 Midrashim uh, what do you do then? Well, then you're going to have a harder time arguing that all the Midrashim are true and all the Midrashim are supposed to be taken a certain way because you can't possibly, even if you're great through jumping through hoops of fire and riding roller coasters and bending things out of their their context, even with all of that acrobatic uh, talent, you will be unable to reconcile all the Midrashim of Chazal with each other. You just will be unable to. Vidua And it's a famous argument in the Talmud in Baba Mitziyah. Look in Bava Metzia over there uh, the Talmud has a conversation. Whether whether or not it is permissible to interpret the mitzvot, the rationale behind the mitzvot. I'm using I'm borrowing the word rationale. I don't know that time is really the exact definition of rationale. But can I look at a mitzvah and attempt to give a reason for the mitzvah? Why not? Meaning, who cares? You give a reason, don't give a reason. The say it all stays the same. You do the mitzvah. So why do I care if I'm allowed to give a rational reason or not for a mitzvah? The question the Talmud is juggling is, whether based on the interpretation that I give the mitzvah, I now understand the rationale of a certain mitzvah to be, because of this, we do that. What happens if the reason changes? The question is not if we can give reasons to mitzvot. The question is are we allowed to give reasons to mitzvot and change the way we observe those mitzvot based on the reasons we have given them? That's the question. And that's the makhloket in the Talmud. The makhloket is whether we have the right to interpret the rationale behind mitzvot and change halakha in accordance with that interpretation. It's already an old argument, whether the halakha will change in different situations based on the rationale which we have attributed to that mitzvah. But someone who analyzes the sources will see Shekol Inyan, has nothing to do with this book. Sheba Said, I'm coming to rule Halachot the way Halacha is ruled, and only to supplement it with ideas from Agada, but not to question or change the Halacha based on Agada. The, the fundamental of this idea, the, meaning this fundamental idea of learning Halacha together with Agada we are able to understand this or we should understand this because the Torah itself did such a thing and now listen remember the first class I taught here I said I cannot give you a definition of what Agadah is I can define for you what Agadah is not it is the non-legal parts of the Talmud Here Rabbi Chaim David Halevi is going to expand that definition, not just by by many, many years, but also broaden this this definition entirely. Says Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, the majority of the Torah, or all the Torah, is made up of two parts. When Rabbi Chaim David Halevi says Torah, what is he referring to? The Torah is made up of Halakha and Agadah. What is he referring to? Not the Torah the way we use Torah vaguely. Any any book written by a Jewish person's Torah. Torah is in Mikra. The Chumash. And if I had to elaborate on the Agadah and Halakha and the Torah itself, I would need to write my own book about this. And says, Rabbi Chaim David Hal and I'm only gonna give you a small taste of what it is that I'm talking about. bereshit, almost the whole book of Bereshit. A recognizable chunk, a large chunk of the book of Shmot. and the majority of the books of the Hem olam the majority of Bereshit and Shemot and Bamidbar and Devarim is the first text of Agadah that was ever given to us directly from the publishing house of the creator of the universe who gave us the Torah. So we've now expanded the definition of Agadah to include Bereshit, Shemot, Bamidbar, Devarim the majority of those books. The whole purpose of these books of the Torah, that are mostly stories, that are mostly agada, were only given to the Jewish people, the to persuade the Jewish people, and to encourage the Jewish people, to motivate them, and on a spiritual level, to make Am Yisrael able, able to receive the other part of the Torah, halakha Ha'chukim, b'ratzon u'v'simcha. The agadah of the written Torah was given to the Jewish people with the purpose of enabling us, making us able to receive the other part of the Torah, which is halacha, but not just to receive it, to accept it, to be persuaded of its truth. B'ratzon u'v'simcha to be willing and happy to receive the legal side of the Torah. Rabbi Chaim David HaLav have just blown us out of the water. The majority of the Torah exists to persuade and motivate Am Yisrael to accept the rest of the Torah with willingness and joy. Rabbi Misipurei HaTorah Many of the stories of the Torah, in in all of its places, all of its sections, they were meant to teach us. Think about the book of Bereshit, Sefer Hayashar, was meant to teach us about the stellar and righteous character traits of our upstanding forefathers. And to show us some of the more evil characters in the world. That the Torah is trying to show us, don't be like those people. Be like an Abraham Avinu, not like a Terach. Be like Yitzchak and Yaakov, not like Esav and Ishmael, Ishmael and Esav. Be like Moshe Rabbeinu, and not like Bilam. The Torah gives you parts of Agadah to teach you the proper character traits. In the details of those stories. Some of the Agadah of the Torah comes to teach us. Thank you. Comes to teach us emuna in the fundamentals of the Torah. Metziyut Hashem, the existence of a creator. Hashgacha, divine providence. Sakhar va'onesh. I don't like the words reward and punishment but positive and negative consequences to our actions. Most of the stories of the Torah come to lay the groundwork for the halakhic legal side of the Torah that is yet to come. Watch. Watch how Rabbi Chaim David HaLevi walks us through a few fundamental famous stories that we know. And connects them directly to halachot found later in the Torah. Nistepek so bidgumaychat. He said, Well, suffice with one example. He tanahagutosh li Yaakov kirape beno Yosef. The way Yaakov treats his son Yosef, ba kereka la mitzvah, it comes as background to the mitzvah in the Torah. In the book of the Marim, you cannot prefer the son of the wife that you love to the son of the wife that you don't love, who's the firstborn. The selling of Yosef by his brothers page seventeen I Aside from the historic purpose of telling us how we got from Eretz Yisrael to Egypt in the first place, it comes as background context for the mitzvah and the Torah. By the way, so he really gave us one example. Now it's a second example to the mitzvah and the Torah, which says biyado mot yumat if a person kidnaps another person, steals a person, then that person should be put to death. The whole story of kidnapping a brother, of what happens to those who engage in the evil of stealing people, by the way, it should make you uncomfortable that you live in a world where human trafficking is a real thing. That's the real thing that happens in some far-flung country. I was reading an article recently about cities in America places that you heard of maybe some you haven't heard of which are hot spots the police already know if a girl 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 disappears probably she was taken to an illegal trafficking trade they know it it's already a deval yadua. forget other countries and, and over the borders and treating human beings like the property that you own The whole story of kidnapping a brother, putting him in a pit, selling him to other people, taking him to a foreign country. There's that background for a mitzvah that Kadosh Kaddosh Baruch Hu is yet to command us in. Transferring the land to the king of Egypt. In the years of famine, and moving the people around to the borders. This is background, context for the YOVEL, the laws of the Jubilee. And the mitzvah of giving of our tithes to those who serve in the Ben Mikdash. Also for the mitzvah. The Torah tells us that Levi, the tribe of Levi that includes the Kohanim, are not allowed to own land in Eretz Israel. And rather they suffice by living off of the produce that the people of Israel bring to them. There are many examples like this where you look at a story that is seemingly just a story, but as you know how to, you know sometimes they give kids homework, and it has uh, you know pictures and then words, and you're supposed to try to match up which picture corresponds to which word, and as you get older, they, it's a little more sophisticated. The Torah works a similar way. Stories in the Torah and halakhot in the Torah that don't seem related, are you able to understand and connect the stories in the Torah, the agadah in the Torah, to the halakha in the Torah? Rabbi Chaim David Halevi says this is a real idea that he didn't invent. It exists in the Torah itself. Zotvod, Furthermore, mitzvot haTorah lo nitnu be'tzurat chukim u'mishpatim yiveshim venokshim. Please make this a billboard somewhere, a bumper sticker. The laws of the Torah were not given to us as dry, rigid. Nokshima is more than rigid. Nokshim is, is hardened. Dry, hardened laws set in stone. Kulam nitenu misgeret mut'emet ura'anana. They were all given to us in a context, in a framework, which had rationale in it, was, had life in it. agadah <inaudible> holamta. That fits for it the word agadah. <inaudible> the Torah was not given as, here is a dry book of laws, go figure it out. We don't have a constitution of laws. We don't have a Jewish penal code. The Torah was given to us in a book that includes stories and history, character traits, midot, promises of hope, tragedies, dramas, beautiful ideas from the creator of the universe intertwined in those stories and messages are halachot. But we don't have a dry book of laws why have some people reduced halakha to just that? do this don't do that don't think too much be a robot it's the 12th commandment thou shalt be a robot don't understand anything one of the first classes I ever gave in San Diego before I moved back to live here somebody said Rabbi you keep saying but the halakha doesn't make sense halakha is not supposed to make sense I love this what do you not supposed to make sense yeah that's what I was taught when I became observant I was told halacha doesn't make sense just do what we tell you that's great there are a lot of cults in the world that operate like that the Torah is not one of them Judaism maybe I don't know I don't know what Judaism is to speak for it but the Torah the Torah is not a dry book of hardened laws <laughs> law doesn't give you reasons it doesn't explain The law doesn't try to convince you that it's in your best interest to do X, Y, or Z. And our holy Torah, the whole purpose of our Torah is to straighten our life, to straighten us out through its mitzvot. Remember that word, hasbara? I use it a lot in in the Zionist concept, a context, has The Torah is here to explain. V'shichnuah, persuasion, hanogim lalev in a heartfelt fashion. Gam Even in this way, the examples that I could give you are numerous, says Rabbi Chaim Devin Halavi, but let me give you a few. V'nistapek b'eachadot bevad. Let me just give you a few of them. Right now, Rabbi Chaim David Halavi is going to walk us through psukim in the Torah, where the psukim themselves try to make us better people. And the psukim themselves give us, if we may use such an th- idea, an agada, a reasoning for why we do those mitzvot. The ger do not oppress the convert or the stranger you know the heart of the ger because you yourselves were gerim once upon a time in Eretz Mitzrayim you know how many wealthy people that started off as being poor but now that they're wealthy they forgot about what it's like to be poor and when their friends their family, other poor people come to ask them for help invest, loan money give me a place to sleep help me out with some food the cruelty they have is because they forgot that they were once that person. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a mashpil game U HaKadosh Baruch Hu can take the most arrogant person in the world and make him homeless in the street. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu can take a person from the street and make him the leader of the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does that. Don't forget Am Israel, that you yourself were also strangers once. You also were in a country where people said you look different than them, you speak different than them, you act differently than them. It never in my mind made sense how a Jewish person could be a racist. are explicit mitzvot in the Torah like this one. You were also strangers once. You were also weird once. You also didn't fit in once. Am what you forgot? You forgot what they did to you over there in Egypt? You didn't like it, did you? What are you, a two-year-old? I have to tell you, like I tell my children, don't do to your sister or your brother what you don't want them to do to you. Why does an Am Israel, an Am a chosen people, have to be told like that all the time, their whole life? Don't hate people because of the color of their skin. Don't hate people because they're different than you. Hakadosh B'chu tells us that. Im Chavol Tachbol Salmat Recha Ad Kihi Kesuto Levadai Simlato Leorom says the Kadosh Baruch Hu, someone comes to you, they need to borrow money. What do you normally do? You pawn stuff. You know pawn shops? I was once in a pawn shop. I felt after, just why they were selling a musical instrument, I wanted to buy I went to the pawn shop, when I left the pawn shop, I felt like I had to go to the mikveh. The pawn shop, some people will see good in it people who don't have money they need money right now so they give their valuables and they get money back and if they have enough money to pay back in time then they get their stuff back and if not then uh, tough for them they lose their stuff but a pawn shop is, is taking advantage of people at their worst place in life I'm taking your stuff away from you I'm giving you probably less than you should get anyways and if you don't pay me back you still owe me money and I'm keeping your stuff So now someone comes, they need money, they need to borrow. Whatever it is, they're borrowing. The Torah says you cannot take this person's clothing from him. If you do take his nighttime clothing, you have to give it back at the end of the day. What do you mean? you didn't get your money back. You still give it back. Why? That's his clothing. What do you want him to sleep in? What kind of person are you, says the He'll scream to me. I'm the one who signs your paycheck. See what's going to happen when he screams to me? Don't make the poor people have to complain to upper management. about you. Do the right thing. It is forbidden to allow an Amoni or a Moavie to enter into the congregation of Hashem. al why? What did Amon and Moab do? He says, do you remember that they didn't bring food and water for you in the desert when you were hungry and thirsty? And don't forget that they hired Bilam to come and curse you. It's bad midot to forget that what they did to our forefathers. On the same note, it's Edomi. It's one of the most beautiful and heartbreaking mitzvot in the Torah. Do not hate. I don't know if it's an accurate translation, but do not hate an Edomi. Ki because he is your brother. Lo don't hate an Egyptian. Okay, one thing to tell me about uh, Edomi. Why? Edom, he finds esav is my brother. Okay, he's related to us. We didn't choose it, but he's related to us. That's fine. What about the Mitzri? What do I have to do with the Mitzri? The Egyptians? Because <laughs> you were once living in his land also. Don't curse him, because once upon a time, he let you live in his land. The Mitzri let me live in their land? Yeah, slaves. Huh. Throwing our children into the river, yeah, but still. There's a Jewish saying, that a well from which you drank water, you don't throw stones inside of. You got something from them. Edom is family. Don't hate them. Stay away, stay away. But don't hate them. Lo rechaim ki These are the tools you use to make uh, to grind flour food utensils yeah i bam in general and Rishat I believe refers to them as anything that a person needs to make food they're coming to pawn their food stuff don't take it from them here here's my cutting board and my knife what are you going to cut your food with tonight I don't have but I need money more don't take it from him he needs it that's his life Do you take away the things he uses to make his food you're taking away his life Every Jewish institution in the world should hear this one. Pay your employees on time. People are looking for their money. They're looking for their paycheck. They live month to month, barely. Sorry, I can't make payroll for another two months. What, you, I can't, what am I to live with for the next two months? It's against the Torah. To hold back a person's wages. These so mitzvot speak for themselves. Nimukim v'shichenoim shemekoram b'hithparchut historiet shal'am rabim him. It there are other mitzvot that we find that come from a different type of agadah. They come from a da'a of history. Things happen to us, or they're in memory of things that we went through, and that's why we do those mitzvots. For example, like letting your servants and your slaves rest on Shabbat. Why? Because you yourself was a slave once. And therefore, if you were a slave, then of course you should let your slaves rest also. Mitzvat pesach why do we do Pesach? because a certain thing happened at a certain time of year yeshivat sukkah the sukkah basukot emim, same reason ve'ot viduim him all of those mitzvots you already can find them on your own in the Torah the next category b'isurei arayot ba'u nimukim in the prohibitions of arayot I'm not going to keep translating forbidden sexual relationships arayot in the prohibitions of arayot ba'uni mukim. There are reasons given. They're all there to strengthen and encourage a person to stay away from those forbidden relationships. Most of the time in a very concise and brief fashion. But most of those concise reasons are very convincing. The Dugma, for example. Stay away from the ervav of your mother or your father. Imakhahi lo tegalev vata. She's your mother. Meaning, I don't have to give you a long reason for that. Just imechahi. She's your mother. Ervat eshet avicha lo The ervav of your father's wife. Ervat avichahe. Erevat bat eshet avicha, moladet avicha chotchahe. Your sister from your father's wife is also your sister the Torah with these brief words don't be megale ervat your mother because she's your mother. I, mean, I could have just stopped before that. There's some type of encouragement here, trying to give a rationale, a reason. What kind of person are you? There's got to be a limit to all sickness in the world, all depra- depraved ideas in the world. Leave your father's wife alone! By the way, if I talk here, you live in a world in which the prohibitions of Arayot are rampant They're all over the place. I can tell you that in without being embarrassed in Medinot Sfarad, in all the Sephardic communities in the world Baruch Hashem our communities were not influenced negatively regarding aleyot. people stayed away from aleyot. people were very particular about the way they spoke to other people's wives about interacting between other genders with each other by the way this didn't just make people paranoid it also contributes to a sense of normalcy Yeah, you sit at the Shabbat table with your brothers and your sisters and your cousins, you know why? You don't need a mechitada in the middle because you're not some sick, depraved being either. There's a a healthy avoidance of ayot In the world you live in, arayot, sexual promiscuity, is everywhere. And if you dare speak up about it, you are some uh, right-wing fanatic, uh, jihadi I don't know they make you into some uh, crazy uh, crazy person the Torah believes very strongly in staying away from Ariyot what kind of person are you there's a limit to everything that a person wants this week I don't know something came up not in our personal life but on the news about a girl who took a taxi and the taxi driver abused her and you ask yourself what kind of world do you live in? a girl got in a taxi she was a young girl got in a taxi to go from point A to point B you're a taxi driver you don't know how to keep your hands off of a person But I'm not naive I'm not stupid And I've never heard of abuse before what kind of sick sense of entitlement do you have that you can put your hands on someone else, who doesn't want you to touch them. What, what kind of you're not? Even, what kind? of Not a person, are you? What animal are you? You, yeah, you live in a world where people tell me at night they walk around, uh, especially women. They're walking there. They're always looking over their shoulder. Or they go with somebody else. They have a cell phone. Or, why? Why do you have to live in a world where people have to live in fear? What kind of people are we creating? This is the. Beauty of the West. This is where Amisael wants to look like. Amisael is not exempt from these sicknesses. We have our fair share of crazy people. The Torah is trying to educate us in Arayot. The Torah is trying to tell us this is a terribly disgusting thing that we're doing here on page 18 and also when it comes to death penalties, the Torah gives little reasons, concise reasons. a person who curses his father and mother put to death. he cursed his parents. His blood is on his own hands. He did something wrong, a terrible thing wrong. And because of that, he's guilty. It's important, though, to mention that not all of the Arayot give reasons. Maybe because they're so obvious. Or maybe there are other reasons. And there are, there's a lot that I could say, about this, but now is not the place. There's the next category of mitzvot. Mitzvot that have to do with this concept of Kiddushah. I'm not going to purport tonight to tell you that we can define Kiddushah on one foot. I don't know that holiness is the right word. So I'm going to leave it as Kiddushah. בקדושה הן There are mitzvot whose origin, whose basis is meant to maintain kedusha. בציון חמש מהן. Let's only mention five of them. אחת אחת, One example per each type of kiddushah. It's important that people read this word wrong often, with a, with a khirik. There's a holiness a Kedusha of Hashem, Not to eat. The sharit of shawhets, all the creepy, crawly things in the world. Because I am a kadosh bahu who is kadosh, and I'm demanding from you to be kadosh because I am kadosh. Kadushah number one second Second by the way if I mis- believe in the, you look in the chumash you're going to find it with a vet it could be just a typo here in this text if somebody wants to check for me I'd appreciate it because you are a holy nation to your God there's a holiness in Eretz You come to Eretz Israel, you can't allow Avodah to stay in Eretz Israel. You have a Mitzvah to destroy it. About the descendants of who? The Kohanim. The next one. There's another level of holiness of the Bed mikdash itself. Do not be mitame, do not impurify, if I could use a word, the land in which you are living, but that Hashem is dwelling in, because I am Hashem who dwells among the Jewish people, there's a holiness of the land of Israel. You can't just do whatever you want in Eretz Israel. The Eretz Israel is the Kadosh B'chut land, the Kadosh B'chut lives there too. Every mitzvah and every averah we do with the consciousness that we're doing it with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. ze from all of this, it's clear, haya barach that this was the desire, the will of the Creator. lanu lo yavesh. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not desire for his halachot to be given over to the Jewish people in a frozen, legalistic fashion. But in a pleasant, with a pleasant spirit. With persuasion, with explanation. And if you want to say reasons and rationalizations, fine. If not that, then at least close to it. HaKadosh Baruch wanted us to understand the Torah in context of a bigger picture, to understand the purpose of the mitzvot. There is no value in just knowing a dry legal code. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself wanted us to approach Halakha through the lens of Agadah. And don't now argue with me from the Talmud, which says, The Talmud asks, Bitzhak says, why were the reasons of the Torah not revealed to us? Why does Hashem not give us all the reasons for the Torah? Because there were two mitzvot, there were two mitzvot, which were taught to us explicitly, with their reasons, and one of the greatest of our people, failed those mitzvot, because he understood the reasons. It says that a king should not have many wives, I'll have many wives, and I will not let them lead me astray. The and it says, towards the end of Shlomo Amalek's life, his wives drew him in the wrong direction. Od it says, I'll have many horses and I won't return to Egypt like the Torah warns us against. The when it talks about the chariot leaving Egypt. So from here, it says, look, of the, in the Talmud that there's no there's a reason why there are no mitzvot rationalizations or justifications or reasonings given in the Torah the reason is because there was once or twice examples in the Torah where reasons were given and the greatest of our people Shlomo HaMenach V'Shalom failed because he knew the reasons from this it seems you would think based on this piece of Talmud the Torah has only revealed the reasons of two mitzvot this is not a contradiction at all to anything I have said says Rabbi Chaim David HaNavid that any mitzvot whose reasons are taught in the Torah there are many of them the roots of those reasons are either because they remind us of historic national events or the reasons that were given are reasons which cannot possibly change the observance of the mitzvah. Like, don't do this because this is what keeps Eretzah holy. Well, we're not going to be able to change what makes Eretzah holy, and therefore the mitzvah will never change. All of the mitzvot in which Eretzah will give us a reason. She's your mother. That's not going to change. She's still going to be your mother. So the Torah can give us a reason because the reason will never change and therefore one won't say, oh, well, I changed the reason so now the mitzvah will change. Only two mitzvot are like that. These two. That the prohibition of a king having too many wives or too many horses is because of a future fear that might happen, a, a, a degradation of their integrity that will lead them astray. Pen yasur, pen yashiv, v'hen befchinasu siag vegeder. R'misuk ZE lo nimnu beemet yoter mishtaim vechitber veitzchak. So those two mitzvot I agree, and that's why Yitzchak writes those type of mitzvot. Hakadosh Baruch Hu only revealed two reasons, and they were they were they led to Shlomo Menachem making mistakes because of that. There are no other reasons like that where the reason given can directly change the mitzvah in the Torah. Our last two paragraphs on page 19. Gishazot. This approach. lahavanat Torah to understanding the Torah. utfisat kesher. Shebena lecha lagada, agada. And grasping the connection between halacha and agada. Ha chok ha musbar muta'am. The law which is explained which is given flavor, which is given reasoning. Harach the gentle and soft in Torah, It changes our whole approach to halakha. yom yom. Especially to those halakhot that the regular Jewish people need access to every day. We have an obligation to serve the Jewish people, on a platter of agada in a beautiful way, in a gentle way, in a soft way. He keeps using these words. In a way that they can understand, in a palatable way. So the nation of Israel will choose to live a life of Torah mitzvot. It's not marketing like I mentioned last week. It's a fundamental shift in the way we view, study, and teach Halakha. He says, and as I've said before, that our generation needs Chachamim like this more than any generation prior to ours. We need Chachamim who will be able to give a Torah to Am Yisrael that the Am Yisrael will want. This obligation is alluded to in the Torah. Rabbi Akiva says, How do I know that I have to teach my student, that a person is to teach a student until his student actually is taught? Like it says in the Torah, teach the Torah to the Jewish people. How do I know that it has to be set uh, set up properly in their mouth? The Torah says place it in their mouths. And how do I know that I have to show him panim, show him a face? We'll explain that in just a moment. These are the laws you should put before them. Upiresh Rashi explains there, what does it mean, that a teacher must teach his or her students the reason for everything that they say, and a teacher of Torah shall never say the words, this is the way I heard it, you go break your head, you figure it out. It is forbidden for a teacher of Torah to leave things unexplained. To everyone who says, well, I was told never to ask questions in school. You went to Catholic school, you went to Jewish school. Because in Jewish school, we're supposed to hire Jewish teachers. Or maybe your teacher doesn't know the answers. Why would you hire a math professor who can't do addition and subtraction? Why do you hire Judaica teachers who don't know Judaics? Why would you hire rabbis who can't read Hebrew? What's what's happening in the world? They say, listen, it's not because the teachers don't want to answer the questions. They want to answer the questions. They just don't know how to answer the questions. You know, but there's a reason I don't teach uh, calculus in, in UC San Diego. I don't know uh, my father is, okay. I didn't pass calculus class ok I passed I graduated high school but, but more than that I didn't do so why on earth would you recruit me to teach calculus to somebody else the teacher of Torah has an obligation to teach to organize to teach it in an organized fashion and to teach it in a clear explained fashion that's the obligation of a teacher of Torah that's what Rabbi Akiva says it says that you shall place before them not that you should teach them it's not enough just to say the words to teach them the text but to explain to them what the text means to not leave your students until they understand what you're talking about it's very difficult I'll tell you the truth Sometimes we have guests or visitors or people who join the Beit Midash for a day, they leave. Those of you who have been doing this for a long time, especially those of you who have been here from the beginning, but those of you who have been here for a significant amount of time, will know that even if the classes don't all seem connected, and if the books don't all seem to complement each other, but it's a building that we've been building for a very long time. There are pieces and puzzle pieces and we add and we add, and we add floors and sometimes we remodel a floor, we'll take out a window, we'll put it into something else, but we've been building something. And then somebody shows up just for the day, and they're used to some kind of uh, canned Torah, you know, like you open the can and that's what you have is whatever's in the can. They're used to having standalone Torah classes. It's very difficult, because yeah, we try to make everything as understandable as possible. But like I must say, we're building a building. We've been working for a very long time to bring the Talmudim and the Ben to a certain place, and when we reach a certain place, then we can keep going higher and higher and higher. But if you ask me it's a problem in our educational system that we have. We're always catering to the lowest common denominator. It's very important, by the way, to always make sure that the lowest common denominator doesn't get uh, stuck behind. But if there are people who can fly, in a proper Jewish setting, those who can fly must be allowed to fly. And those who can't, so we're going to sit with them and hold their hand also. But it's very hard when you have a classroom of people who can fly and people who can't walk and so you're teaching everybody how to crawl. But this guy knows how to fly, what do you teaching him how to crawl for? Oftentimes teachers are tasked with teaching a group of people that simply cannot be on the same level, on the same place. A good teacher can keep people, anyone engaged. But the question of that's the proper way to educate someone. (inaudible) From the words of Rabbi Akiva, we learn one great thing. When we say in, that we want to give the reason for halakha, the rationale for halakha, it doesn't mean that's what I received from my rabbi, from Moshe Rabbeinu and Ha'ar Sinai, that's the reason we do the mitzvah. That reason of why this mitzvah, I meaning how does the pasuk say one thing? How did the Mishnah, the Talmud, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch reach the conclusion they reach? That, of course, I have to teach you. But there's a next step. Not how we reached the Halakha, but why we reached that Halakha. Those are two different questions. I can show you the evolution of a Halakha from the Tanakh, to the Mishnah, to the Talmud, to Rambam, to Shulchan Aruch, and to wherever you want today that's not enough though that's, everybody has to do that there's more than that what's the bigger picture behind this mitzvah? as Rashi said I've told you what you need to know you go break your head and figure out the rest you can't say that The teacher has an obligation to teach his student reasons, ideas, concepts, even if they're not from Moshe Rabbeinu and Har We're not here to justify the halakha, we're not here to tell you the truth about the halakha, but to try to make the halakha palatable. That's our obligation, and that's what we will do. Ribi Chaim David Havi concludes his book, and today I'm going to leave you to do that on your own. Ribi Chaim David is entering his readers into the world of Halakha and Agadah fused, and he's trying to comfort them. Don't be scared. Just because I quote from Agadah does not mean that the Halakha will sometimes change or will change a Halakha or interrupt the way the Halakha works or teach you a mistake or maybe we've reached incorrect conclusions. The Halakha has been kept the way Halakha is, it has only been flavored with agada, But because from here we're leaving Rabbi Chaim Devin Halvi not for the world of Halakha. We're taking leave of Rabbi Chaim Devin Halvi for the world of agada. I don't feel the need to read his warnings because we're not going there. In the coming week or two we'll be opening up for the first time starting with the first Mishnah. And we're going to try as much as possible to avoid the halachic legal conversations that exist in the Talmud. There may be times where we need to explore that side in order to properly understand the agada that we want to reach. But it's going to be a limud, a type of study of Talmud, which frankly I've never done before, at least not in front of a camera. But we're going to do it together. shame. And along the way, we're going to consult with the giants of the generations from all the stripes and all the flavors come out with concepts, with ideas that we can discuss, that we can engage in. I don't yet know how the format of the shi'ul will be exactly, but I will know that you need a book in front of you, a Talmud. If you need recommendations of which Talmud to get or which uh, books to have or at the very least the websites you'll need to find some of the text, I'm happy to recommend it to you. But I'll tell you the following, that from here on out, The joy that you will receive from learning Talmud together with us will be based on how much effort you put in to really know the pieces of Talmud that we're going to study. Talmud is not like everything else. I can walk you through and translate the Talmud, but to really be able to understand the bigger concepts we're trying to pull out of the Talmud, to extract from the lines and the words of the Talmud, you really have to be familiar with the text of the Talmud before you come to the class. The Agarata class is going to change directions. Instead of reading introductions, we're going to be writing commentaries. We're going to be blazing our own trail into the world of Agadah, along with Arab Uziel, and the Rav Kuk, and uh Rav Chaim David Halevi, and the Rambam, and his son, and all the other Chamin that we studied until today. But how much you really understand the depth of Agadah is going to be dependent on how much time you put in to prepare the sugiah before we get to Shu on Thursday night. God willing, uh, already before next week I will let you know what it is that we're studying next Thursday night so that from now already or maybe after Shabbat you'll be able to prepare it won't be a lot and there may be days, weeks where we're stuck on one passage over and over and over again and we're going to be sitting on one page for two months it could happen don't be, uh, some of you are afraid of that don't be afraid the way that Agadah works is different than Halakha you know Halakha is when you squeeze the lemon you get the juice And then comes along the one who's really strong and squeezes out the lemon and gets the rest of the juice you didn't get in there. But then comes along the third person who knows how to squeeze, they work with IRS. They know how to squeeze everything out of that lemon. We are going to be doing the same thing with Agada. We're not going to be happy just extracting a halakha from the the Talmud. We're going to do our best to pull out as many messages, as many ideas, as many examples out of the Talmud. If I might suggest that for those of you who feel inclined, to take those pieces of relevant information, to write them up to put them out into the world. From Masechet Berachot, the first page, this is an idea that you can live your life by. Where? We learn it together in the Sheviti night call. Hashem, HaKadosh will guide us on the right path of Agadah. We're going to be blazing this trail together. I ask you to stick with me, to bear with me. In Hashem, next week, Thursday night, at this time, in this place, if not in Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, we will begin the first Mishnah of Masechet Berachot in the Talmud Bavli. God willing, I look forward to seeing you then.